your language lovers. Before we kick off today's episode of The Fluent Show, let me tell you about something incredible I am organizing. This is for you if you're a German learner. Are you learning the German language but you're stuck on the intermediate plateau? Do you feel ready to speak but you don't get the chance because your life is in English and you're focusing it all on one hour a week and your tutoring session? Do you maybe wish you could take an incredible trip to Germany, speak in German every day, meet lots of natives, dive deep into the culture and completely raise your speaking game? That sounds like your interested in a German retreat. You've probably heard me talk a little bit about language retreats here on the podcast. They have completely changed how I think about immersion learning as a language teacher and as a learner because this is how it's done. The German retreat this year is German learning Immersion. Imagine daily tours and trips to the coolest places to see in our city. Coaching, a luxurious home base, great food and a week to just completely focus on your progress so you can make uninterrupted massive strides and triple, quadruple how much German you speak. Our next event and the last one in 2018 is taking place in December. It's Christmas market time and we are heading to Trier, the oldest city in Germany, which just so happens to be one of its wine capitals too. So all good things are coming together. I have a very limited amount of spots available on the German retreat. So if this sounds like your idea of language heaven, hop on to www.fluent.show slash retreat to find out more. So that's fluent.show slash retreat and you'll see all the information. Make a note of it right now before we kick off the show and join us for the Wein and Weihnachten, Wine and Christmas retreat in December 2018. On to the Fluent Show. Hola chicos, ¿qué tal? Me llamo Oli y estoy aquí en Inglaterra. Están escuchando ahora The Fluent Show, que es y Kirsty me dijo que, que tuviera que decirlo, el mejor podcast del universo. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and today I am joined by Ollie Richards from iwillteachyoualanguage.com. We're doing another Q&A episode and as you guys know, in these episodes I answer listener questions and I have a question from Ollie, which he asked kind of a little while ago put it out there sort of into into the ether and it was a response to something that I've been looking at and I think thoughts that are on both of our minds. So I thought I'll just get Ollie on the show and have him ask his questions live on the show and we're going to hash it out and you guys can listen and hopefully take something away from that. Hello, Ollie. Hi, Kirsten. Good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I've got a million and one things on my plate, um, but that's kind of the way I like it. <laughs> so yeah, everything everything is good over here. That's really good. And that feeds into, I think, what what we're going to be talking about and perhaps the way 
life changes and do we change with it or do we let it change around us? Now, before I get too deep into that, I want to present our new, no longer the old, but right now we've got a new sponsor for the coming run of episodes and that's something really, really amazing. So I want you two guys to give thanks with me together to our new sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you with support from LiveLingua. LiveLingua offers immersive online language lessons via Skype. Their instructors are native speakers of the language that they teach and they work one-on-one -on -one with you. So LiveLingua, check out your teacher and they match you up with someone who is available at the right time, teaching at the right level. And this takes out a lot of hassle out of tutor hunting and the usual directory thing. So normally you kind of look for a tutor and you make sure that they match you and you've got to do a lot of the work with LiveLingua. There's like a concierge in the middle, meaning that you can budget, you can plan ahead and you kind of know what's coming. I tested out LiveLingua recently. My own experience was with Rocio, a Spanish teacher who was so lovely. She was well prepared. She was friendly. She was encouraging. She was just an expert on everything. And the lesson was arranged through my Live Lingua concierge, Matt. Rocio provided me with a simple assessment and even a study plan telling me what to focus on in my Spanish. And Ollie, you'll be pleased to know she gave me six out of ten. That's a good number. Bearing in mind, I haven't spoken Spanish for about 10 or 12 years. I was really, really impressed because I managed an hour with her. And after the lesson, I received this study plan. It was all in the software. It was all ready. And I got another email from Matt saying, hey, how did it go? Do you want to book another lesson? So I really felt very taken care of. LiveLingua are available to offer this service in 11 different languages. So they're not just a directory or a piece of software, but you've got a professional support in finding your Skype teacher. I think this is particularly great if you're looking for your first one ever. And they're inviting listeners of The Fluent Show to check out their platform. And you can sign out for a free trial lesson. No obligation. Simply try it out for free at livelingua.com slash fluent. Now, let's get into this question, this mysterious question that Ollie was asking. And this is, this Ollie, I took one of your YouTube videos that you made, which sort of had you, I don't know, walking down the road, musing to yourself, filming yourself and kind of putting it out there. I thought this was a really interesting one to pick back up and to bring into the show, partly because looking at your, your commenters, looking at the people who kind of participated in the discussion of the video, that there wasn't really one specific answer so it's worth discussing i think this will be an interesting one so do you want me to remind you yeah i was gonna say remind remind me what the question was <laughs> okay so in ollie's video he talked about injecting the or the idea of injecting fun into language learning he describes or you you described how you used to learn languages mostly for fun for going out with friends and enjoying your social life and how that sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. So you talked about being busier than you used to and how you now you, you get the intellectual, you're still motivated, but it's not fun anymore in the same way. So maybe if you remember, uh, tell me how you feel about that, you know, in August, a few months later, is that feeling still going on? How do you feel about learning your languages? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think it's, an, it's a moving target, this very much. As you said, when I first started learning languages, it was Uh, yeah, back in my in my student days, and I was meeting lots of people from all these different countries, and and had loads of free time. I was hanging out with them, and uh, and learning languages kind of just went hand in hand with my day to day life. So it was 
the, the epitome of, of fun. And then over the years, I've taken a different approach to languages. Some languages I've learned because I felt that I had to for various reasons. Like I was living in the country, like I learned Arabic, for example, because I was living in Egypt and I felt kind of an obligation to do that more than with other languages, perhaps. And, uh, and then in the last couple of years, I've been working on some quite hard languages where I kind of realized, you know, because I saw a tweet that you put out at one point saying something like the five rules of um, learning languages every day. And one of them, I think, if I remember correctly, was make it fun. And mm-hmm. I kind of realized when I saw that, that oh, I'm not really having any fun at the moment. I've kind of cornered myself into into this this kind of obligation to learn a language. And I'm um, here I am working away at it. But I, I kind of lost touch a little bit with why I was learning it in the first place. And so that really made me think about about what it means to to enjoy yourself when you're learning a language and whether or not it's necessary to enjoy yourself, which is something we could also talk about perhaps. Mm. Uh, but then more more recently, uh, you know, as we speak now, I'm in the middle of a project to learn Italian. And uh, Italian is, I'd say, because I speak a few Romance languages already, learning Italian has been um, on the easy side of the spectrum, yeah, an, easy yeah. end of, an easy end of the spectrum. But I've been able to very, very early on start listening to to, to to real authentic content in Italian that I'm really interested in. And as a result, I've been having so much fun with it because I've been able to speak with people and, and start communicating really early on, been able to enjoy content that I'm interested in. And it's been such a totally different experience. So that, that's why really, when it comes to this topic, I'm not sure that I have particularly good answers for people, but it's something that I'm kind of very much uh, aware of and, and trying to figure out for myself. Yeah. It's you, you said a few you said a few really interesting things though, and it's like yeah, the tweet that I I dug it out this morning. I kind of went back through my archives. <laughs> I had quite a little bit of a, a dig around, and what 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 I put out, which I really really believe in, is pi- prioritize fun. So it wasn't make it fun as such, because I think that's that's sort of point number one. Perhaps I'm not sure we can make it fun in the sense of it just being pure. Mm, I want to say hedonistic enjoyment, and that recalls in my mind Ellen Jovin who was recently on the show and the way that she says well I'm doing this because I'm a hedonist so perhaps not that but you know it's not it's not like bliss all the time is language learning right that's not that's not quite what we're doing but I I do think prioritizing fun is important and just you know like sort of prioritizing fun perhaps perhaps or over what we sometimes think is this idea of like achievement and results and all that kind of thing and finding something that you enjoy so you you already mentioned listening to what you what you said is, is authentic content and content is like that i don't know that just means like stuff right so that's an interesting one to kind of talk about what what that's been for you the content that you enjoy but let me park that for a second because i want to talk about your fun killers that you mentioned, because you mentioned really two or perhaps three reasons why the fun went away. And just, this reminds me as well of like your, your YouTube video where you said, well, I'm, I'm busier than I used to be and I work a lot. So there is, there is the fact that your life has just changed, right? Compared to, and you said like, you know, back in my student days, this was the case and now life is different. So how is that do you think that's affecting whether you're having fun or not? You know, I think if you'd asked me that question six months ago, I, I probably would have said yes, for sure. But then the experience I've been having 
in the last couple of months here with Italian has actually has changed my mind again on that because I, I haven't been doing huge amounts of, of Italian. You know, my main, the sort of uh, the pillar of my routine, if you like, is one hour of sort of sit down learning in the morning. And then I try and have as many conversations as I can on, on Skype throughout the week. So I wouldn't say that, you know, it's the kind of thing that I'm doing in in amongst the busy schedule that I have, the crazy schedule that I have right now. So, I, you know, I think that a lot of a lot of it comes down to what you're able to do with the language in the time you've got. I mean, the big contrast for me is that when I'm listening to Italian now or when I'm speaking Italian, I'm able to understand the vast majority of what I hear and express the vast majority of what I want to express. That's really the essence of what we're all aiming for with languages, right? Is to be able to have meaningful communication to be able to listen to a podcast and enjoy it as if it were in your native language mm-hmm. speaking to somebody mm-hmm. and able to you know talk about difficult complex topics and that's that's fulfilling when i think when I, when i was trying to do that with other languages that i wasn't quite so far along with you know i'm thinking about cantonese thinking about arabic thinking about thai uh, the the basic problem was that if, even even if i had the same amount of time to dedicate to them I don't get that same feeling of of meaning mm-hmm. okay. because every, everything's a, still a struggle, you know. And so I, you know, I'm trying to I listen to a podcast in Japanese and it just goes right over my head, or I have a conversation in um, in Arabic and I just have no idea how to say what I want to say, that kind of thing. Mm. So I, I I wonder whether the 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 extent to which something can be fun or not. I think it has to relate to what you are looking for from the language. And obviously you can get sense of, a sense of achievement and motivation and satisfaction from lots of different places. I think for me personally, because my goal, I, I, I care much more about actually being able to speak the language than the learning process. Like the learning process is cool and it's, you know, you can make it into a game and it can be fun but the real fun in languages for me is actually using the language so until i'm able to actually do that i think anything is going to seem like a, a, a lesser version of fun do you know what i mean mm-hmm. okay so wow ollie that's so much information and i've tried to i've tried to kind of i'm going to try and piece this piece this apart because i think it's one thing we're already noticing is the fact that you're busy and the time commitment that you put in, that's not really, actually, it sounds to me like it has no relevance to what you consider fun in your language or the fun that you're having, which is an experience that I'm having too. I would say with with Welsh, I, well, first of all, I would like to say don't, if you're, if you're listening, the, the, putting an hour in every morning is, is incredibly disciplined and routine and 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 wonderful and i think i think we've we've had conversations between each other about this before sort of routine right and and you were saying like when do you do your language learning and i thought i don't know i just kind of do it it's not something that you must feel obliged to do as a as a learner so for me i don't do an hour in the morning i don't do an hour in the evening i don't do an hour at 1 p.m or whatever but somehow i still follow my my rule which is which is one of those golden rules as well that I, I tweeted out and I believe in so strongly is that I make contact with my target language every single day like yesterday I went to the gym and I listened to Radio Cymru in the gym but this morning I did I did something this morning but you know it's, it's sort of I, I don't sit down and do like a full hour but Ollie something really interesting that you that 
I'm I'm getting here, uh, <laughs> which I'm not sure. I guess let's be honest about this, right? Pro tip number one for having fun in your target language, or perhaps pro tip number four, or pro tip on the list, learn an easier language, right? What you're describing well, is I... the, the, the fun kind of doesn't come as easily okay. or as quickly, or manage your expectations, perhaps. Yeah, uh, well, again, there's a, there's a lot in there. I mean, I think that I mean, I mean, think that the way that your decision-making process for choosing a language to study, I don't think should be based on how it, how easy it is, because I, th I think ultimately... The more the, the extent to which you care about the language is no. going to d determine how you, how you how and well you get on. But I think that I think the real thing in in there for me is the question of, you know, I mentioned this earlier. Like, to what extent is fun necessary? Because, like you said, you've got on one extreme, you've got you mentioned Ellen, who 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 you said talked about like kind of pure hedonism when it comes to language learning. Like, I, I haven't heard her say this, but it sounds like the sort of thing that she, that she would say. And I just really trying to enjoy every every aspect of it. But I think from something that comes up with many people is that they start learning a language and, and, and it's a very common meme that you hear. It's like, you know, ha have fun, enjoy it. You have to enjoy the process. And, and people take that to heart. But then I think most people are prepared to put up with a certain amount of discomfort in order to, to make progress. Because there comes a point where you say, okay, well, here I am having lots of fun, but I'm not making any damn progress. So I think people people do realize that you've got it has to be a balance, and it's not that everything has to be fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's more a case of you know, in amongst a a disciplined study schedule where you are working hard and making progress, you've also got to remember to have some fun in there somewhere so that what you're doing still has a meaning. Yes, yes. And I mean, on the on the point that you made about language choices, I completely agree. And to choose a language because you think it'll be easy would go almost directly against the first thing that you mentioned as a fun killer, which is feeling like you have to or feeling feeling some kind of level of obligation. So that's why I said choose the easy language could not be number one of the tips. It just wouldn't work. But coming to coming to what you said about the idea. You know, I think you're right. When we start learning a language, we do accept the fact that it's not going to be some kind of party fun fest. That's that's not what we're here for. And that's why I guess I often compare learning a language to, to well, for me, it's running, which is forever. Like, I don't enjoy running, but for some reason I do it. And I enjoy being done with running and getting to brag about it. But the other thing I think of often is playing an instrument or, or improving your voice or something like that. So actually speaking a language isn't really a hobby as much as a skill, but it's a skill that you gain as a result of a hobby. Well, let me ask you this. How would you, how would you pass apart the, uh, the concepts of fun and motivation? Because for me, I don't think they're exactly the same thing. But I think, you know, if you had to say, well, what's more, what's more important to language learning, fun or motivation? I, I would my gut tells me that motivation is probably more important because I think it's a more, it's a more meaningful concept or a more useful the thing. The thing about fun, if something's fun, then okay, great. It, it, it fun can motivate you. Fun can lead to motivation, but fun by itself, I, it's not clear to me where that takes you other than to kind of remind you of your ultimate goal, right? I want to learn <laughs> uh, Italian so I can speak to Italians here in London, for example, in, in, in my case. Uh, but the, but motivation is is not so fun is motivating, but motivating doesn't have to be fun, right? So, are you still asking me a question? No, I'm talking now. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, 
so the idea of being that um, with motivation, it doesn't have to be enjoyable. You know, you can sit down and do. So, for example, last week I was doing, I was working my way through a book of Italian verb drills because I wanted to sort the grammar out in my head, and I couldn't possibly say that was fun, uh, but it was certainly motivating because I, at the end of it, I understood all all these, all those concepts. My head just went, "Ooh, that's fun." Well, I, I did find it fun in the kind of yeah, twisted way. Because it a is twisted fun. Kind of, and, but, <laughs> so here is the thing. I believe that the one of the important questions here is what is actually fun and what do we allow ourselves to consider fun or enjoyable? And then in the reverse, do we allow ourselves to let loose from... You know, like the, the the thing about the verb tables is if you are looking at a verb table because you, you want to understand how the verbs work and then later on you get that sense of like, yeah, man, I get it. Then I think you have achieved and I think that gives you a pleasurable feeling in your brain without being a neuroscientist. And I think that's fun. I think I think satisfaction is fun. Oh, so I, that, that's what, what I'm not so sure about because you can get a lot of... It's like what you said about running. I mean, the the, the real... I heard someone yesterday saying that, you know, no one enjoys going to the gym, but they love the results that they get when they do. And um, I'm not sure that that any of that necessarily has to do with fun. I mean, you can, yeah, you can make it fun, sure. But the reason that we do, the deep reasons for which we do those things, you know, go running, learn a language, uh, join the gym and and so on and so forth. But the deep reason that we do those things is because there's something that we want to gain in our lives, whether that's health or no. the ability to communicate. No, but you don't I, w- think? I wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't to some level enjoyable. Okay, so the, the I guess the counter is is because because there's lots of exercises that I could be doing, but oh, do you know what? Here's what puts me off. Something like spinning puts me off because I find it too hard. So we're back at the kind of level of like difficulty. So I will, I can do a three-hour zumbathon which is when you do Zumba for three hours straight. And that's, that is a lot of cardio and that's intense, but it's not about the fitness level because I'm just there, I'm dancing and I'm not thinking about like, oh, this is too hard. And, and this, I can always take it down something. And I feel like I don't feel less than I, I don't feel like I get to move in, in ways that make me feel um, good in my body you know, like I get a lot of positive stuff from that. And and I find that incredibly fun. And with running as well, like it's as long as I can keep my body moving. And if I just go to park run or something, I will not, like I won't attempt like a marathon or a, I don't know, a sprinterthon if that's something that happens. Because, because I, I sort of know my level and I want to, I want to stay within, I want to stay within a level where I am not suffering and feeling like like a massive sort of failure and feeling frustrated so i think i think for, for me i'm talking about exercise again <laughs> because it's a challenge of my life but um the thing that i find kills the fun for me in languages as well is is number one when something's boring and number two when something's too hard and i get frustrated so if something's really hard and i'm up for the challenge and I don't feel like a failure or something like that, then I'm, I'm down and that, you know, like feeling your progress, that's fun. Like I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to learn the- how to do a handstand at the moment and I totally can't do it, but I, every kind of tiny nudge towards maybe being able to 
get my leg like half a, half a millimeter higher feels like fun because it feels like I'm going somewhere. I think what, I, what, what I've noticed is that, you know, the things that you're describing here, it, what's great about that is that you are finding these challenging things fun. But I don't think that's necessarily the case for, for a lot of people. And I've noticed that many people will, will, will when I recommend that people do things like, for example, use flashcards in a particular way or study, uh, do, do, do verb drills or, or um, I don't know, people will often reply saying, well, I, I, um, I just, I, I can't do that because it's too boring. Yeah, or sounds I, boring. Yeah, but, but then at the same time, you know, your, your reply a few minutes ago was, well, actually, I would kind of enjoy doing that because you can feel the sense of progress. I think really this is a lot of this starts to get very personal now, doesn't it? It's like, well, mm, what do I like? Mm-hmm. What do I like to do? And I, th- I th- the question I guess to be asking for me is really um, where, where does your kind of fun threshold end? Because in theory, if our goal is to learn a language as quickly as possible, then really what we should be doing, what it makes sense to do is to do the activities that would be most effective that would lead us to learning the language as quickly as possible. And of course, we can argue about what those effective activities are. As we do. But yeah, as we definitely do. But, but, and, and, the, and the ideal combination is obviously the, the, the really effective activity that's, that also happens to be lots of fun. But I think you, I think you probably can't do that all the time and, and you've got to find a balance between those, those fun, effective things and then from time to time doing something that might not be so fun but that moves you forward and that ends up being quite motivating. And for me, that's one of the reasons that, 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 that I talk so much about stories because the thing about stories is that stories are things that we read and listen to in our mother tongues. Stories are things that we, uh, that we relate to and love on every level, you know, whether it's a kind of Netflix series that's telling mm. a, a gripping story or, or like in my case, a short story books that, that I wrote where you have a simple, a simple story that's not, that's not too long and you can consume fairly quickly. When you, when you're following a story of some kind, you're engaging with it on a very kind of human level. And yet you're also learning at the same time. The question I guess is, is, well, are you learning enough? Do you feel like you're learning enough? And then if not, well, are you prepared to add something on top? Oh, I hate that question. I hate, I hate, are you learning enough? Because that implies then you have to you have to ask whether you're making sufficient progress for yourself right because if you don't make progress are you going to be happy with your um yeah but how can you not just trust that you are making progress of course you're making progress like i'm taking the example of a story and like we see this with 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 german uncovered as well right there's there's there is the incentive to go on to the next chapter because it is the next chapter you know I think I'm talking about progress in a, in a longer term sense. So I'm not talking about, you know, have you read one story and made progress? Because, yeah, we, that's too short term. right? But I'm talking more about, I mean, let's, let's not forget, people spend years and years and years learning their languages. I have students who have trying, been trying to learn Spanish for 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, and so you've, at some, sooner or later, you have to ask, well, would a different approach help me move further faster yes. and when you're thinking about those those longer those longer time frames i mean that's a really relevant question i absolutely agree that in in the short term over a period of days or weeks then um if anything you should reserve judgment because you can't tell whether you're making progress in fact this this is something that i found i've literally just uh, finished making a, a video about this because I'm, I'm doing this italian project at the moment like i mentioned and um after for my first month it was just input i was only listening and reading 
And it was lots and lots of fun. And after one month, I had my first conversation in Italian. And that was so much fun. But then the two or three weeks after that, suddenly I kind of lost motivation. Uh, because I I just kind of felt like I... I kind of had this 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 sense of heightened awareness where whereas at first I was just really happy to understand anything and be able to say anything uh what then happened was I realized oh my god I I I don't know anything I don't know anything like as much as I thought I did and that then kind of bugged me for about 2 or 3 weeks until suddenly last week I realized when I recorded my next conversation in Italian I thought wow that's I've made loads and loads of progress and I had no idea I was making it in, even in a short space of time, but simply because I was just carrying on with lot, getting lots and lots of input. So that progress is very difficult to know when it's going to, when it's going to come. Is it yes. going to come after a day or a week or a month? But you know, you, but you do want it to come within that kind of time frame. You don't want to go for a month without being able to point to any particular kind of progress because that is going to start to become demotivating sooner or later. I think this is the big dilemma of of learning a language is that actually there's lots of stuff happening, but you feel like nothing's happening. And th- I mean, that's, that's one for another show. really. But again, if we come back, you were, you were mentioning earlier about like fun and motivation. I do think they feed into each other, but I, I very much agree. Like, I don't think you can say one is more important than the other because I feel like they're not even in the same category. Fun is a, or fun or considering fun, considering what you enjoy. And, and even not like, I think I feel like instead of saying, I must make this fun, because that doesn't sound very fun. It's better to ask yourself, am I enjoying myself at the moment? Am I, am I enjoying this? Um, does this feel worthwhile? And, and then it's, then it's good. And motivation to me is a different category. Motivation is an absolute, um, it's like if you're if if that's that is it's like it's like the food and air and water. If you're a language learning, you you must have that. Like you don't must you don't you don't must <laughs> you don't have to have it all like figured out spot on. But I think motivation is is more important. So I would say motivation is is almost like an ingredient, whereas fun is a or asking yourself, am I enjoying this? Can be part of your strategy. So Oli, I. We're, we're, we're having a Q&A episode. We're almost like a little bit of a Q&D episode, like a question and discussion. <laughs> so I'll, I'll bring it round to a few suggested answers or tips. And I'm going to read this out to you and perhaps get a sense of whether you, whether you feel that might, that might work, etc. So I feel like you don't really have the, the big question in your mind anymore. Like, am I having fun? Am I not having fun? And, and I understand really where, where you're coming from. You know, and, and I think we go through periods like this as well. And sometimes there is a period where you have to go, well, I'm not enjoying it, but I can see the long-term payoff. And that's a different, that's a different thing. But I feel like, I feel reassured that you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun in Italian. You said you're reading, you're reading stories. And for, for me, I find as well, like reading a story at an early stage in language learning is but it's particularly helpful. Um, I'm, I'm at this point in Welsh at the moment where I'm actually having way more fun just listening to the radio and I'm struggling with my book because it's this sort of extended story thing. But at the same time, I'm also beginning to understand television. So that's telling me stories in a different way. It's just such a critical part of language learning. So I'm 100% on board with that. 
let me let me come around to tips. Are you ready? I'm just going to throw these at you, and then and you can Go sort of it. say thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> okay. So number one, if you want to inject fun into your language learning, um, and these are not in order of priority; they're just in order of how I wrote them down. Number one, take the pressure off. Take the pressure off learning and stop worrying about am I there yet and results, etc. Yes, certainly. If you've been feeling under pressure or stressed. First thing to first or frustrated thing to do. or frustrated, yeah. I mean, try doing the opposite for a while and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. There's something I did in the German retreat, which was an exercise where we we just read poetry. I just came in with a few different poems. We did a haiku. We did this sort of as rasseln die Schranken and da 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 da, and you know, like one that was really rhythmical and stuff. And then I'm, I asked our participants in the retreat to write their own haikus, and came out with that, and we had. Loads of fun, like we were giggling, we were like sort of textbook fun. It was so funny. And they all, two of them wrote riddles, you know, they wrote like little riddles where you had to guess what they've written about. It was amazing. So it was so creative. And I felt that in terms of using the language, making themselves think about how they're expressing themselves and also taking in what the German language can do and rhymes and the linguistic figures that we used with that, I felt it was one of the, um, educationally, it was one of the sessions that I did that had the biggest payoff. And it was, it was also one of the silliest. So that, and it, it, it did take the pressure off in, in my opinion. So it's, it's adjust your expectations. That would be my step two of, of what learning looks like. Just your expectations of what learning looks like. That's a very interesting statement. Um, yeah, I can only imagine for, you know, I'm not sure who, who was there on your, on your retreat. I know you had a kind of um, a, a variety of people, but I, I'm very familiar with someone, you know, the kind of person who has been studying quite seriously, quite studiously for a number of years and has may well have never had any fun in the language. So I can only imagine what it must feel like to actually sit there in Germany with you and write haiku and how much fun that would be and how that would just kind of open a huge creative valve in your brain. Mm, I hope so. And I guess it's, it's also that idea of like, you're there with somebody who, who is taking the role of teacher and they're not just giving you permission. They are actually encouraging you to be a bit silly. I think a lot of these things you can't necessarily, are difficult to do by yourself and you mm -hmm. need to have a facilitator. Otherwise, you know, because it's, it's quite a leap of faith to kind of sit by yourself yeah. in your bedroom and start writing haiku in, in, a, in a language that you can't even really speak that well. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So, so yeah, that's that's the kind of time when I think having a, a coach or a tutor or a facilitator can really make all the difference. Very true. I write terrible Welsh poetry once a once a week ish, and and I will never show this to anybody. But it's, you know, it, I have to make myself do it. It's exactly what you say. It's you also want to if if you're going to. Uh, become artistic or, or silly in any way you kind of want to express yourself so okay so tip number one take the pressure off especially if you're feeling frustrated or like like ollie was saying if you're feeling the pressure number two adjust your expectations of what learning looks like and very good addition there is a, a coach or a some kind of facilitator a teacher can and will help because you might still feel like it's learning, but you, you're engaging in a wholly different way. And I think that's super important because we have been, we have had ideas of learning drilled into us by school that we need to almost unlearn if we want to 
get somewhere as adults. Number three, be sillier and use art to expand your mind and explore the language. Now, I'm talking to you, Ollie, as a musician. Well, I can't speak so much from the art and poetry side of things, but certainly in music has had a huge role in all the languages that I've become any good at. Um, when I, you know, in, in, the, in the early days, I remember when I first started learning French, I would listen to like French hip hop and analyze the lyrics and, and all of that. And it was so cool to see, to see uh, the language, but the language on a, on a plane that kind of spoke to me. I don't, I'm not much of a hip hop person, but I went through a phase, you know, when I was about 19. <laughs> and so it was quite cool to see all these, all these crazy uh, French lyrics and, and figure out what Verlaine is and how it works. And, you know, that was, that was really cool. And then later with, with, uh, with Spanish, I, I had a salsa band where I was playing salsa music in Spanish and with Portuguese, I, I, you know, I traveled to Brazil. I learned to play the Brazilian instruments and sing Brazilian songs. I mean, I learned language from those from that music for sure. But the main thing it did was just foster this huge love for the language and culture. And, you know, that is just a, a huge advantage if you, mm. if you can, if you have that. Now, let that me, ask, let thing. me ask you something. Are you, cause, cause we're, we're friends and I've known you for a while and, and I don't get the impression that you are, but are you, are you a person who's silly? Are you, do you, are you silly at any point? <laughs> not really i'm pretty serious <laughs> i'm pretty serious about most things mm, okay <laughs> so you 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 because i get the sense that you you know because you're a very analytical man you you want to be serious about having fun as well i think i mean i've changed a lot like the the ollie at 19 you wouldn't recognize from now i mean i, I used to sort of you know i'd be at university um you know hanging out playing music like going out to pubs and stuff and just traveling around random places I mean, I was probably quite serious about all of that as well, to be fair. But I guess that's, <laughs> that's just the, in, my, in my personality. But you know, I'm um, to be completely honest. If if I went to an Italian class and the teacher turned around to me and said, "Right, we're going to write haiku today," I'd probably walk out. But that's <laughs> but that's just me, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, but I, I definitely do look for. I'm definitely on the more kind of analytical and uh, efficient, or in search of efficiency side of the equation. Mm, mm. So, so another tip, I guess I'm going to type, type this in or perhaps just mention it is, is you got to work with personality. You got to work with who you are. Like you're not going to become, you know, you're not going to become like a super silly person. You're not going to become somebody, somebody different from, from who you are. And that's a really, really important point. You've got to work with who you are. Well, I think one of the broader points there maybe is, is to, to, Try not to forget your own personality and your own tastes in a foreign language, which sounds obvious, but it's something that we we do subconsciously. For example, when you if you talk about reading and reading skills in your native language, so let's let's say in your case, Kirsten, if you're reading German, you possess a certain set of reading micro skills, such as skimming. If you uh, you know open a, a open up a new book, you'll skim the first few pages and just to try and get a feel for whether or not you like the content of that book. But then if you were to do that in a new language, let's say you started learning, well, you, you, you've started learning Spanish, right? I believe so. In the early stages, if you were to pick up a book in Spanish, or even maybe still now, your first impulse at opening up that book is not to scan or skim the first few pages to see 
to get a feel for the for the content. It's to start on the first sentence and read the words one by one and try to understand what's happening in that first sentence, in that first paragraph. The point being that we lose certain skills when we start to apply them to other languages because we approach it with a with a kind of with our analytical brains and we do the sort of thing that we were taught to do at school and we haven't forgotten those things and mm-hmm. where i'm going with this is that when it comes to actually enjoying yourself and having fun in the language it's amazing how often people will do things that other people recommend and totally ignore the things that they like themselves. Mm. So for example, you know, you you get people saying, Oh, I've been reading all these children's books because such and such said, said that uh, reading a children, reading children's books was a good way to learn a language. And I said, well, do you read children's books in your mother tongue? Uh, No. So what makes you think that reading children's books in, uh, in Farsi is going to, is going to be enjoyable for you. And they've literally never, the thought has never occurred to them. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, in particular, you know, whether the question is, well, what do I talk about with a tutor in my speaking session? Very common question. You know, so I have a tutor, I talk to you or whoever, um, what do we talk about? And the answer is, well, what would you talk about with your friends? What did you read in the newspaper? Talk about that. And then if the question is, well, okay, well, what, what, what TV should I watch or what books should I read? Well, what was the last TV show or book that you read in your mother tongue? Go and find that exact same thing in your target language. And straight away, you are aligning your interests with your goals. And it's, it, again, it sounds so obvious when you, when you, when you hear it, but I think you, you, many people would be amazed if they actually stopped, stopped and kind of took an inventory of the stuff that they've been doing in their target language recently and compared it to what they actually like in their mother tongue, they might find that it's they're very, very different indeed. Mm, it, it, it brings me back to this idea of adjust your idea of what learning looks like, because, because that still has this idea that learning must be, I take instruction from somebody else and then follow that instruction without investigating my own uh, personal skills, achievement, preferences, etc. And to me, the, the modern involved um, adult friendly way of learning has to examine some level of self-examination. To me, learning a foreign language as an adult is is a journey into not just this other language and the other culture and all that stuff, but it's also this whole other aspect where you get to know about yourself and you challenge yourself, but you also learn more about yourself. Right. Quick fire, because we have to, I'm running long already. Rapid fire. Rapid, rapid, quick fire, insta fire. Um, I'm going to give you two, three more tips for perhaps finding the fun or injecting or trying, just trying something different. So, you know, even if you're not into a haiku person. Okay, number one, curate your social life. That was something Oli mentioned in his own. That was sort of the first solution that you offered in your YouTube video, which was put the books down and spend lots of time with speakers of the target language. And I would like to add to that, if that means... Because because I sometimes, you know, like I can go and hang out with perhaps a Welsh speaker, but I've got to leave my husband at home and then I lose out on a different aspect of my social life. So you kind of really have to curate your social life and be aware that you've got to you've got to be deliberate about the speakers of the target language. Yeah, I think there are no rules for this. It's, you've got to be just you've got to be as creative as if you were trying to design your own social life. In, in your in your everyday life, you, know, you think, okay, well, how do I want to spend my weekends? What do I want to do? Should I 
should I go out on Tuesday evening? I really want to go to this thing, but that means I'm going to be too tired for work tomorrow. All these decisions, you just have to kind of take that same approach to the target language, but you've got to be proactive because these things don't happen by themselves unless you're very lucky. Mm -hmm. Tip number two, change it up. And this, this, again, it was, I thought it was a good suggestion from one of your YouTube viewers saying, I sometimes get bored because I've been doing the same thing for too long. So you've got to change it up. And I find that for me, that's most certainly true with Welsh. Like sometimes I've just got to stop reading the magazine I've been reading for ages and instead just literally just put it to one side and go, I'm kind of done with this, even though I'm halfway through, but I'm still done with it and I've got to do something else. So I find that a period of about three weeks is ideal to focus on one type of activity. That's so very example, prescriptive. Yeah, it's just what I found. And, and a, a lot of people have, I've noticed, have found something similar, although obviously it is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to differ. So, for example, recently I've been listening to this fantastic podcast in Italian called Da Costa Costa, which is this guy called Francesco Costa, who is a, an Italian journalist who travels, does documentary style reporting in the, in the US around the, the 2016 election. And he travels from coast to coast, and coast in Italian is Costa. So he's literally this guy called Costa traveling from Costa to Costa. It's a fantastic name. Anyway, um, these, his, um, his reports are absolutely fantastic fascinating diving into american politics and looking at the, the 2016 election from all these different angles and for about three weeks now i've been doing nothing but listening to these podcasts uh from this guy and i've been getting so much out of them it's amazing like my vocabulary has been going through the roof i like phraseology verbs all of this stuff i've been having a great time however i'm starting to feel that the benefit is edging off so i'm probably going to start doing something new in the next week or so. And I help, I find that helps to keep stuff fresh. And whilst also giving you enough time to get the benefits from that one type of activity that you've been doing. So, that, so that's, that's the thing really, isn't it? It's, it's changing it up sometimes, but like you say three weeks, but bearing in mind your three weeks look a certain way or like your three weeks look like somebody who's serious as three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. So I don't. Th I think even if you're only doing, you know, half an hour a day or something, or just a few days a week, I, I think it's fine because otherwise, what? You know, let's imagine if you don't do that. Well, what do you do? Do you keep doing the same thing for three months? Mm -hmm. For me, that's not dynamic enough. I think you've got to change things up more often than that. And in that, that changing things more regularly, it gives you more more experiences from which to draw on and and, and learn, and yeah. then eventually, you know, figure out your own your own preferences and styles of learning and you can totally have different things on the go as well yeah you can again i'm more on the side of focusing on one on a smaller number of things I, I find that that's that's more helpful because if you've got a million things going on it's very difficult to judge the efficacy of any single thing because you don't know which if you make progress you don't know oh, why that but... why that is but on the other hand if you're focusing on one thing even if you do that one thing for three weeks and you make no progress well at least you've learned something and then you kind of you, you you come out of that knowing all right well that doesn't work for me let's try the next thing interesting interesting i made a little frustrated noise because you'd mentioned efficacy which sort of brings me back to this kind of like it's again being like super serious and how do i get the most out of this and being so efficient which almost goes against like i don't find that fun i don't find that I, that whole thing i don't find enjoyable but we're talking personalities here and i think i i really don't have time in the podcast to kind of go into we're in the quick fire round <laughs> we're, we're like on a different episode yeah we're on like the world's slowest quick fire <laughs> but it's it isn't it is an important point and it, i don't know it keeps coming back to me it keeps coming back to this idea of of personality 
you know, and and uh, strategies and do 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 our strategies. Like t- to me, listening to what my gut wants to do in the moment and just doing just following that is much much more enjoyable. And I don't know, like I'm a I'm a long term girl, I guess, but I've been learning Welsh for three years and. I don't know, like there's videos on the internet of, of how well I speak Welsh, but I'm feeling pretty satisfied, which is actually all that matters. Yeah, but again, it's just, it's a, it loops right back to the beginning, doesn't it? Like what's the balance between between enjoyment and uh, and actually making progress? Yeah, but that implies that they're mutually exclusive, which which they're not. No, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think they, they complement each other, right? But I, I, again, I, I, I would come back to the, to the point that I'm always reminded of my students who kind of say things like, they 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 tell me things like, you know, Ollie, I I understand the need to have fun and the kind of. This is one one student I have, Neil. He he writes me once like, I understand the kind of don't worry, be happy philosophy, but actually, I would really quite like to be speaking Spanish now. So what do I do, <laughs> sort of thing, uh, which to me, all that does is point to the need for a for a balance and to to ask yourself the question, okay, how much how quickly would I like to learn, and is there something I could be doing to learn faster. Which, even if it means sacrificing a little bit of fun in the short term, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it, like I said before, it, it can't be all fun. It, this is this is super interesting, and oh God, forget it. This is this is going to be a one-hour episode. So we are coming to this question, and we're having this discussion about it, and we we we're coming at it, and our answers are so dependent, and and I think even even the type of students that we get and the type of people who we who we hear from. Are so dependent in a way on on who we are. But I think people understand that. I mean, I don't think anyone anyone's listening to this thinking, okay, anything that Ollie says or Kirsten says is what I have to do. I think the intelligent person will, you know, knows that they have to take differing viewpoints and 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 come to their own conclusions about it. So I think the way that we discover these things for ourselves is through dialogue and through discussion. So um, mm-hmm. you know, I think. Well, if, if politics, is, if we've learned anything from the politics of the last couple of years, is that look, we don't we don't always have to come to. It's impossible to come to complete consensus on things, and we have to live with differing with differing viewpoints. Right? The value is in the discussions themselves, and as long as they're kind of productive and, and intelligent, mm-hmm. then that allows people to to sort of take on board what they're hearing and to come to their own conclusions. Definitely, definitely, and. And this it, it comes back to personalities as well, and and I think there's because in me I recognise that there is a certain rebellious tendency where I don't like being told what to do, and I you know like and to the to the extent where I will resist a routine, and I know other people find, like like you Lindsay Gastis as well, and I really admire it, but I personally cannot make myself like follow too much of a of a routine. It doesn't feel like my choice anymore, and I especially can't do it if if I feel like somebody else is telling me to do it. So this is a this is almost like a it comes down to the bone of of who we are and and whether you know whether whether what what level of guidance and what level of of self discovery we want as part of the process. I mean, I'm reminded that, like I said before, like I've changed a huge amount over the last like 15 years or so of, of learning. So something I often say to people is. Be, be prepared for these things to change as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You've you know, become I'm, more serious, and I've become stroppier. Yeah, I mean, but I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know five years from now, I'm, I, I'm already kind of feeling this now. If you ask me, kind of, okay, Ollie, what language do you want to learn next? 
I don't really care anymore, to be, <laughs> to be honest. I, I don't feel like I've, uh, I don't have any particular goals or, or ambitions with languages at, at this point in my life. So I think I may, I may very well turn around. If we were having this chat a few years down the line, I, I may work very well. So look, I just, just have fun. So, <laughs> so thing, things, things change. It's, it's like when you, when you speak to someone, um, well, anyway, I could give a bunch of examples, but, but yeah, I think we all, we all change and it, and it depends on, many, many things that we have going on in our lives. And um, again, which is why, as you say, there's, there's no right answer. The ultimate answer is to discover for ourselves how, um, how, how we work and what's right for us. Ollie, thank you so much for this conversation. I had quite a bit of fun discussing it. Me too. <laughs> so tell me what you're up to at this, at this point in time. Okay, well, um, a million and one things as usual. But uh, this episode, I think you told me, was going out on the 10th of September or thereabouts. As we speak, um, I'm going through a very, very fun um, book launch, which is related to my books of, uh, of short stories, which I know many people have uh, have uh, already have a copy of. Um, I have uh, teamed up with Teach Yourself, which is a a very uh, prolific producer of um, language course books and textbooks and things that you can find in every bookshop. And uh, we've taken my books of short stories and we have spent the last couple of years working on them, re-editing them, um, adding a new story in there, adding illustrations, gorgeous cover designs. Uh, and we have, we've really turned them into um, what I believe is going to be the gold standard for, for graded readers, for adults in foreign languages. And we are, we've currently got the books on pre-order, meaning that they will come out in um, October, the beginning of October. They're, they're available for pre-order now. And for people listening in, uh, in September, uh, during this pre-order phase, we have a, a whole bunch of very exciting bonuses for people as well. So that's, that's going on right now. We've, we have added a new language as well, which is English. So for anyone out there with, uh, mm. with students who are learning English, of which there are, of course, hundreds of millions in the world, we've got those, uh, the English short stories as well. Uh, we've got an app that goes along with the books, which comes with a free bonus story. It, it really is uh, re really, really exciting. That's and over incredible. the next couple of years, we're planning to add some 20 new languages to the series as well in lots of, lots of other languages which are underserved and don't have, um, that are difficult to find good quality content in like Turkish, for example, Norwegian. So that's all coming in the pipeline. But for now, we have um, French, Spanish, German, Italian, Russian, and English. And um, should I give people a URL to, to check that out? Or will you put that in the, in the show notes somewhere? I'll put it in the show notes, which you can find at fluent.show slash 104, because this is episode 104. That's just amazing. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping to kind of get my hands on one of those graded readers very, very soon and kind of get my own, make my own impression of it. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. We sort of went into, I don't know, I feel like we went into <laughs> the, the fun debate about having fun. Should we have fun? Are we having fun? Are you guys having fun listening to the Fluent Show and so on and so forth. If you are and you're enjoying the show and this kind of got you thinking, please share your own thoughts. Are you, do you, do you, would you say having fun is important? Are you, are you ever able to consider that having fun might be learning? Or do you feel like, no, if I'm learning, I'm learning and I'm sitting down with some books and I actually want to make progress and results are more important to me. I think we've discovered that both views are very, very valid, but I'd love to hear 
what you guys think. So leave me a comment or send me an email to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Or you can tweet me. And on the Twitter machine, my username is at The Fluent Show. Simple and easy to find. Or maybe you would like to tell everybody what you think of the show, which is, according to Ollie, he said it himself, the best podcast in the universe. Did I say that? So leave us... A Did you say in Spanish? I understood. <laughs> Apart from Da Costa, Costa. Da Costa, Costa. Whatever your favorite podcast is, if we can kind of make it into the top 10, please consider leaving us a review, which you can do in iTunes. Give us a few stars. It really helps other people discover this show and it does make a difference. So more people can hear me arguing with Ollie live on the internet. And finally, do check out our sponsor, our brand new sponsor, Live Lingua, which you can find at livelingua.com slash fluent that is really it from me and as always when i have a guest we're both going to say goodbye and it's goodbye from me goodbye and goodbye from ollie adios ciao arrivederci thank you for listening to the fluent show don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to kirsten that's k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk Or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.